Welcome to Archetypes and Anarchy, a podcast created by me, Courtney Floyd, and my Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon in spring of 2018. Episode 23, Part 2. Wrapping up. In this episode, I've asked students to record a brief discussion of what this whole experience, the course, podcasting, reading fairy tales, has taught them about why fiction matters, why archetypes matter, and what breaking them can accomplish. I've also given them the opportunity to revisit one of the episodes that they participated in this term and delve deeper analytically into what the fairy tale meant, what they have learned about it since that initial recording, and what they wish they had added originally. English 104 is a very unique and interesting class in which we explore countless fairy tales and we further look into and consider the several archetypes found in relation to them. This course has shed light on the importance that fairy tales hold. For one, they can work to tell something about yourself. Most people can relate in some way or another to at least one fairy tale and find the deeper-rooted meaning within to help express something to the reader. Fairy tales also work to help understand history. This can largely be seen through the Grimm's fairy tales and their strong correlation to the European life and history. But most importantly... Fairy tales can help portray just what we need to understand society and further help change the different aspects that make it flawed. This evolving aspect that can be seen as a defiant role within the importance of fairy tales is considered crucial when looking at English 104 and all that we have learned within this course. Personally, my favorite aspect of this class occurred when doing the Anarchy episode. I really enjoyed being able to compare a modern retelling to that of a classic fairy tale. I was able to compare the modern telling of Hansel and Gretel to that of the classic Grimm's Brothers version. I found that several different archetypes and changes within helped pinpoint not only changes that occurred throughout history to replace into the modern version, but it also allowed the underlying meaning of the story to come out in a deeper and more emphasized sense. I thought that this was extremely innovative and effective when working to understand just how these stories lie within society and how the importance of fairy tales truly comes out. Some other common and defining characteristics of a fairy tale that I've learned throughout this class are seen within a short narrative, having having a familiar story passed down for generations, a happy ending, carrying wisdom from the past, and forms of wonder tied within the plot. These characteristics largely convey the many symbols that can be found when reading fairy tales. When dissecting fairy tales, the different types of archetypes within typically shine through. When looking at this in the form of characters through the article, Fairy Tales Most Wanted, the five most telling and common types of Types are the guileless fool, the meddlesome fairy, the wicked crone, the charming prince, and the beautiful damsel. 
Other character archetypes can be seen in the form of things such as the devil, black sheep, whore, loser, or clown. These different character archetypes are extremely important when helping define and dissect a fairy tale to its full capacity. Archetypes can also be seen through symbols or settings as well. Many common archetypes found in fairy tales we have examined within this course thus far are things such as an apple, a cursed object, a quest, a ha- hair, blood, gold, a happy, happily ever after ending, wildflowers, bluebirds, a magic mirror, and much, much more. When using these common archetypes or motives to define to a fairy tale, a deeper and more unifying meaning prevails. Furthermore, these different forms of archetypes help to unify and transform a story that ultimately helps dif- present different patterns or aspects to give literature its true meaning. With that being said, however, we have also learned just how archetypes can be looked at in a negative way. This can be seen through the pressures or expectations and social norms that may be highly weighted when seeing the constant repetition within. For example, the archetype of gender roles can be seen as something that needs to be broken, as women are commonly found to be weak and vulnerable in many stories. However, there are also several stories where this may not be the case. Despite this, the many social norms or stereotypes that make up fairy tales can be looked at in both a positive and negative light. Overall, English 104 has been an extremely interesting and unique class that I've learned a lot in, specifically using podcasts to relay the fairy tales and our analysis of them has been a very informative process that I've enjoyed greatly. Hello, this is Mackenzie Marlar. I am a junior and a human physiology major, and this is my prep book recording. This class definitely was not what I expected. I expected to read a novel as a class and have a weekly quizzes and multiple essays to write. Instead, we all had to do podcasts, like this one, which was an interesting twist. As a science major, essays are not my strongest suit, so when I found out we were doing podcasts, I was actually really excited. Even though I was excited that we were not writing essays, I was a little nervous about having to do a podcast. Like many, I do not like the sound of my voice. I was very nervous about having to edit and do something I've never done before. Unfortunately, I'm not very tech savvy, but this course was able to help with that, which is something I was not expecting. My favorite thing about doing podcasts is that it is a little less formal, and it truly does feel like I am having a conversation when either I am making a podcast or when I am listening to another group's podcast. I believe this format has allowed me for to focus on the material instead of worrying about if my grammar and essay design is good enough. In this class, we discuss multiple fairy tales, many of which are super well known, such as Cinderella and Snow White. I really enjoyed discussing these because many of the fairy tales we know in our society today are ones that Disney has produced, and that's what we all grew up watching. When I was younger and would watch these movies or listen to the stories, I did not know there was a history to them. All the fairy tales we had read in class were ones that were written before yours or my time. I use that phrase, before yours or my time, because it is a common phrase that will come up in many fairy tales. This phrase is used because it allows for the author to not have to go by society's actual rules, because it isn't during the same time. This also allows the fairy tales to live on for generations to come, because it wasn't written with a certain generation in mind. We discuss historical and social context greatly while analyzing these fairy tales, and how they related to the archetypes that were being presented throughout the story. 
Archetypes are a form of categorizing characters in fairy tales. Characters can be one or more archetypes, and based on what archetype they are, they will determine their destiny throughout the story. The thing I found the most interesting throughout this entire process, how the women in many of these stories are the main characters or even the heroes. Throughout history, women have not been seen as a hero, and unfortunately they weren't seen as people for a long time. Even though the women in these stories are also described as beautiful, many of them are able to use their wits to cover a bad situation. An archetype that comes up very often is the guileless fool. This archetype describes a character that is very easily tricked and oddly enough, it is always a man. Probably one of the most popular examples is Prince Charming in Cinderella. He dances with this beautiful woman and has obviously been staring at her for a while, so we would think he would know what she looks like, but moving on. She leaves her glass slipper as she runs out of the ball right before the clock strikes midnight. The prince searches far and wide and his only indication to see if the woman he is searching for is the one he has been dancing with is by having her try on a shoe. Again, isn't he looking at her? In one version that, he, that we read in class that is not shown in the Disney version is that the evil stepsisters both cut off parts of their foot in order to make the shoe fit and the prince falls for it until someone points out that, hey, she's bleeding. She must have cut her foot. She's probably not the one that you've been dancing with. I mean, come on, how gullible do you have to be to not see that? Shockingly enough, many fairy tales are very gruesome, such as girls cutting off their foot or their toes, which we don't see in Disney, thankfully. Another interesting part of this class was how fairy tales can be the same story with the same archetypes, but you would never notice unless you were looking for it. Since I'm on the topic of Cinderella, the first story we read as a class was The Turkey Herd. This was a story about a girl who only loved the turkey she herded and not her sisters. She thought the turkeys were her sisters. One day she wanted to go to a dance, but she was too dirty to go, so the turkeys clapped their wings and gave her everything she needed, similar to a fairy godmother in Cinderella, and she had to be back by midnight. Just like in the Cinderella story, we were all familiar with it. At first you would never think this is a different version of Cinderella, but that is the beauty of fairy tales and archetypes. You never know what, that they are all intertwined until you start looking for them. Even though archetypes are very common and help define and develop characters, it is important that they be broken sometimes. Archetypes are similar to stereotypes in the sense that they predict what a certain person may or may not do. For an author to make an original story, they must break certain archetypes in order to create something new. Breaking them can also accomplish giving a young child the hope or encouragement they need in order to do something different or for them to feel special. There are many fairy tales with a beautiful woman with golden hair. Many young girls may not have golden hair, and some may even think they aren't beautiful because they don't look like the girl described in the story. By breaking this archetype and having the woman be amazing for her intelligence and character, it gives young girls a great role model to look up to while watching or listening to these stories. One of my favorite examples of breaking this story sort of archetype is the fairy tale I said was my favorite in my introduction, Mulan. Mulan was supposed to marry and bring honor to her family, but due to her bad luck, her not-so-lucky cricket, and her foolish ways, she brought dishonor to her family and did not marry. For many fairy tales, this is very important. All the girl has to do is get married on the end. But that was not Mulan's goal. She did not care for it. Her father was then asked to fight in the war. And he's hurt. So Mulan said, no, I'm going to go. Her father didn't know this, but it is punishable by death to go and impersonate a man. So Mulan disobeyed her father and ran away to fight as his son. Mulan disobeying her father is an archetype that is found in many fairy tales, but the overall story, I think, disobeys a lot of archetypes. 
and because Mulan is able to be successful not by just her looks. A Chinese woman was able to protect China by using her intelligence, and she did bring honor to her family in the end. Mulan is a great example of what breaking archetypes can accomplish, and that is why Mulan will forever be my favorite fairy tale. Thank you for listening. Hi, my name is Alex Compton, and in this podcast, I will be wrapping up the semester and talking about what I have learned from fiction and podcasting. I will be discussing why fiction matters and why archetypes matter and what breaking them can accomplish. Never really had prior experience at podcasting. I never really have been into listening to them or anything like that, so it was all super new to me. Now, with that being said, I enjoyed it a lot. I think it was a great way to get groups together and have a full-on discussion about the topics that we were covering in our episodes. Uh, at first, I was a bit skeptical. I thought it was going to be super easy and quick, but to my, to my surprise, the workload was m- more than expected. Not too much, though. For the first episode, my group and I had a hard time coming up with enough information to last the whole 40-minute episode. So a lot of time we were just talking about stuff and it ended up being said twice or uh, it was just all poorly put together. But the second time around was a lot better. My group and I had our stuff ready before we met up and we mapped out the timing so that we we would have enough to say to fill the time. Since we only had three people in our group, each of us was forced to come up with like a little more information to help the length of the podcast and add more information, um, like more important information and less like redundant stuff. I uh, enjoyed the fairy tale aspects of this project as well. I never really focused on fairy tales that much until this class. I uh, just like watched them on like Netflix or read about them as a kid. Uh, this project taught me that there are tons of deep meanings behind fairy tales. And a lot of those meanings are represented through archetypes. I believe fiction matters because it allows people to have an imagination while trying to teach life lessons at the same time. Let's take The Little Mermaid, for example. In this fairy tale, fiction allows for there to be talking, a talking mermaid along with uh, other like talking aquatic characters throughout the story. This allows the story to more, be more intriguing, especially for children. This story is about a mermaid who wants to leave the ocean to meet a human on the land and and fall in love with with the guy that she had uh she, so she she had been coming up to the surface and uh she met this guy and uh ended up saving his life and uh since she was a mermaid she was she was forced to uh flee before he like gained consciousness and realized who she was. Uh, and an evil octopus, like witch lady, said that she would give the mermaid uh, legs and feet so she, that she could leave the ocean, but she would also take the mermaid's voice away too. The, mor- the moral of this fairy tale is to follow your dreams, even if it means letting go of what, it, what is expected from you. You should be allowed to decide what is good for yourself, even if it turns out wrong in the end. You only regret the things you don't do. This moral would be very hard to portray without fiction, and fiction allows it to be a, mo- a lot more enticing, too, especially to children. Archetypes are a big part of what makes up a fairy tale. Archetypes help the story become more engaging to the audience and helps them connect the story and, and message you are trying to get across. Carl Jung helped make the term archetype become more popular in his book, The Structure of the Psyche. In the book, he describes archetypes as being models of people's personalities, and he believes that the archetypes inhabit our dreams and collective unconsciousness of the audience. Some archetypes are meant to be broken, though. 
In a lot of fairy tales, there are bully archetypes that could be portray- portrayed as a witch or someone that is just holding back the main character from accomplishing something. It is important to be true to yourself and block out the negativity in life to accomplish your goals. This concludes my podcast, Wrapping Up the Term. I hope you learned a lot from my group's episodes. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm a sophomore majoring in journalism and political science, and I'm going to be reflecting on some of the things that we talked about this term and podcasting as a whole. So at the beginning of this course, I was super thrilled to hear that we wouldn't be writing any essays, but instead producing podcasts. Radio and audio storytelling has been a part of my life for a really, really long time. I was always listening to This American Life um, as a kid with my mom in the car, and I was super eager to produce some of my own content because I've been listening to it for so long, and I really wanted to understand what it was like to actually produce something. And producing podcasts has taught me a lot about what makes good audio, and the trick is to listen to something that you want to listen to. So if there's some sort of narration style that you want to emulate, you should probably try and emulate that and just really develop an ear for it. And it also taught me that good recording equipment is like essential to good editing and it will just make your life so much easier. And I really hope that more classes will incorporate podcasting into their curriculum. It was a really enjoyable experience and it kind of um, allowed me to be more creative with the work that I'm doing. So I really, really enjoyed it. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about the subjects we studied this term. One of the first things we hit on in class is the importance of fairy tales and those who tell them. So fairy tales were originally passed down through the generations using the oral tradition, which is just spoken word, word of mouth, and they weren't written down at all. The fairy tales were used to carry the wisdom of the past. Fairy tales often had familiar plots and characters. So you'd kind of see the same, they're called archetypes that pop up. There's the damsel in distress, like the princess. The fairy tales were often made by people from the lower classes, and they were often anonymous and very popular. Well, some of the elements still exist today, uh, such as the types of characters, the nature of fairy tales have changed. And fairy tales, for that matter, still play a huge role in our society's culture of storytelling. And fairy tales are super big with movies today. You can find a lot of them, like Frozen is a really good example of that. Fairy tales and fictional stories really offer us the opportunity to escape from the reality of everyday life but they still hit on some of those same themes and characters, like I said, the archetypes. And Disney films such as Snow White have the common archetype of the princess and the evil stepmother, which occur in a lot of other films too. So although we can kind of like go to these mystical lands, there are still these common characters that always pop up. So I think the most important thing to understand is a lot of these fairy tales that we like today are just like retellings, and that's one thing that we hit on in class a lot. And it's important to understand how these stories have changed over time, like given the cultural context and what's appropriate for people to hear. And this class really taught us that in order to understand the retellings, you have to read the originals. And a great example of reading the original story is A Thousand and One Nights. The original story of One Thousand and One Nights can be incredibly graphic. There's one where King describes sleeping with a new woman each night and then killing her. And uh, I'd heard of A Thousand and One Nights before, and this was something I'd never heard of. I think I was reading, obviously, a different version. But one of the most common stories in A Thousand and One Nights is actually a retelling. And that's Aladdin. Aladdin was a retelling of a story that was added to a revised version of A Thousand and One Nights in the 18th century by a Frenchman who heard the story from Syrian in Aleppo. So even the old version of Aladdin is actually an added version of a story. And Aladdin has been retold into this classic Disney film. It was one of my favorites as a kid. 
And I think this really just shows to say that the cultural context of fairy tales will shift over time and they'll continue to be edited. And then you really get into some modern crazy retellings, which are kind of like mashups of different fairy tales and archetypes. I think Shrek is a really good example of that. So you still have the damsel in distress, like Princess Fiona, who's like locked in this tower in the first Shrek movie. And then you have Shrek, who's this unlikely prince, and he doesn't really know the adventure he's in for. Even in the second movie, they managed to incorporate Puss in Boots, and that's one of the fairy tales we read in class too. I think that we have a lot to gain from breaking the archetypes, even though that they're kind of like in these classic stories. I think one of the things that we're missing when we have these stories is new voices of people who may have not had a voice in other stories. So if we can bring in voices of people who were kind of like marginalized in these original fairy tales, we can get new perspectives and insights into the storytelling because a lot of them are just kind of stale retellings. And I think that given the year we live in and the society we live in, it's necessary that we bring in new voices to the conversation around fairy tales. So yeah, I really enjoyed this course and I hope that other classes can start to learn more about fairy tales or at least do some podcasting. Throughout the course, I learned more about analyzing fairy and folk tales. In my first group recording, my group and I did Little Brother, Little Sister. If I could redo my first recording, I would add a more in-depth analysis of the folk tale by making a clear argument and focusing more on one point rather than being all over the place. Little Brother, Little Sister is about two siblings, a little brother and a little sister being the main characters and protagonists. There's a king who serves as a character helping the protagonists, and an evil witch and her daughter who are the antagonists of the story. The story is set in the forest and involves magic and curses. The main conflicts are that the brother is turned into a deer after drinking the cursed water, and that the sister dies because of the witches. The resolution is that the king brings the sister back to life, and they sentence the witches to death, which then turns the brother back into a human being. My argument regarding Little Brother, Little Sister would be that the story is attempting to emphasize the importance of family bonds. There's an evil witch, a talking animal, also known as the Little Brother, and royalty. Throughout the tale, the sister never leaves the brother behind. She never fails to check in on her baby and her brother, and her husband's love and acknowledgement for her brings her back to life. These bonds and the love for family gave them a happily ever after. Overall, this course has been really interesting. It was fun being able to experiment with podcasting and putting together show notes and research to present in a recorded form. Fairy tales have a lot more layers for analysis than I initially thought, and I never knew the role that they truly played in our past and present societies, but it's very visible what their impacts were. There's a mold that each fairy tale has. I want to know why that mold was recreated so many times, especially in the past, and how it came about in the first place. Retellings of original fairy tales do a good job incorporating different elements but following the same mold the original set. It was eye-opening to see all of the different versions of a fairy tale I thought I knew and how dark or overly happy they are. Fiction matters because it stimulates one's creativity and imagination. It expands perspectives by bringing up things that didn't have to exist beforehand. In class, we talked about the dangers of a single story. Fiction allows writers to write without barriers. However, sometimes there's only one single story written in different ways. 
It's important for authors to write completely different stories, even though they are fiction, because when they are published, they can inspire or shape the perspectives of the readers. Archetypes matter because they give common ground for repetitive elements that people in a society can relate to. Archetypes can also set the precedent for what should be, or already is, of value. For example, women were seen as beautiful but also dependent. Women were expected to marry a man and have children, just like the sister did in Little Brother, Little Sister. Actively breaking archetypes can change how people view fairy tales in general and their impact on society by calling them out in a way. By breaking archetypes, perspectives change and societal norms are called out through fiction. By writing a different type of fiction, a writer can show readers that it's okay to be a woman and okay to not marry a man and okay to not have children. It's a matter of expanding the archetypes and not sticking to a single story. Disney, for example, is a company whose audience are mainly children and focus on telling folk and fairy tales through the form of movies, television shows, and other methods. Because Disney's audience is children, they feel the need to cut the more violent parts in the original stories, like in the Grimm Brothers series, out. However, Disney does not feel the need to cut out the parts that support the perspective of a single story, like women's roles in society. Because Disney is such a well-known storytelling company, it's easy for them to convey a message and shape children's social morals and values in addition to their parents' and communities' messages, which are also based off of the stories that they were told when they were younger. Breaking archetypes mean breaking the single story, which allows people to grow and make their own decisions to become the person they want to be, rather than the person they feel like they should be. This class has been super fun to be a part of. I learned a lot from the material and podcasting with others, and it definitely changed my perspectives on fairy tales overall by showing me all of the analysis and layers that can be brought to light. Hey everyone, my name is Ashley. Um, I'm going to be talking about um, what this class, this podcasting class, has like shown me and how I felt about the whole experience, why fiction matters in society and in this world, um, why the archetypes matter in fiction, and why it is important for us to break archetypes. Um, uh, I just want to start off by apologizing for my voice. I'm going, I have a lot of really bad allergies right now, so I sound really stuffed up. Um, so yeah, I just want to talk about a little bit, talking about the experience of this podcasting class. Um, personally, I never really, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. Um, I just needed another English class, didn't really think much about it. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. I found that podcasting really made me think a lot harder about what I was, uh, the material in front of me and like what I was going to say. Um, I kind of loved it. Like I didn't think I, it would be like that fun, but like, I found that, like, it was nice to just, like, have a conversation with, like, two of my friends and, like, about, like, fairy tales and, like, it was as hard as it was, the, like, work kind of paid off because, like, it was nice at the end of it all to say that, like, we, like, finished a podcasting episode and, like, analyzing, like, fairy tales. Like, it doesn't sound like it'd be, like, that, like, crazy exciting, but it was actually pretty cool. Loved, like, being able to, like, do something I've never really done before and, like, I've never taken a class where they utilize podcasting like this, so it was nice to, like, have that under my um, belt. Podcasting also made me deeply analyze fairy tales, like, this, not necessarily podcasting, but this class made me deeply analyze fairy tales 
And I never really thought I would ever do that. Like, I never really thought much about fairy tales. I just kind of thought, like, oh, they're just, like, a fun little story for kids. But, like, it was nice to, like, really look back at the original fairy tales and see, like, how much they have changed over time. And, like, the original stories are, like, not necessarily always that, like, happy-go-lucky, like, story that we hear from, like, Disney. And it's nice to, like, analyze, like, what, like, that story meant and, like, what it told us about, like, the time and, like, society during those days and like how much and we can see how much society has progressed through the eyes of like authors like Hans Christian Andersen and like the Grimm brothers so it was really cool to like be able to analyze a story that I never really thought much about before like a story like Cinderella like to see like the original or like Hansel and Gretel and like the Little Mermaid like the originals really tell us a lot more than like we would ever like really think so that was really interesting um Why fiction matters, uh, fiction is just kind of, like, an escape from a world that has a lot of, like, sadness and sorrow in it, like, it's just something new and different, and, like, people write them to, like, escape from, like, what they're experiencing, and it's, so it's interesting, because it helps us see into the minds of the authors, and, like, by, like, researching a little bit about the authors, we can, like, see how their writing has, like, changed based on, like, what they were experiencing throughout the time, like, I know in, like, The Little Mermaid, like, Hans Christian Andersen, like, was dealing with his, um, homosexuality, so it was interesting to see how that, like, affected his, like, writing, and, like, you can see it portrayed through The Little Mermaid. It also lets us see, like, what society was like during that time, like, and how, like, society affected individuals, and, like, how the values of society really affected, like, like, each individual experience, and, like, I think it was just interesting that, like, it kind of puts us in their shoes, like, fiction kind of just, like, helps, helps us, like, see what it was like for them, um, and an archetype, it matters, because they're, like, kind of, like, these constants that show us things that are important to the people of that time, so, like, the values that were held at high respect of that time, so it shows us, like, like I said, like, why fiction matters, it shows us, like, what was important to those people, and, like, what was, like, held in high regard, and, like, if you didn't fit that, like that value then like you were kind of like looked down on so it's like interesting to see how like those values like affected everyone and like most of these archetypes show up in a lot of the fairy tales over and over again so it's obviously like they were important to people back then so that being said like it's important to break an archetype because by breaking them we show how the world has changed and progressed like an art one of the archetypes I know is like femininity let's say and like it's interesting to see that like Back then, like, femininity was kind of just this, like, little, like, like, a woman was pretty and that's pretty much it. And, like, in, like, modern retellings of, like, many of the famous, like, um, fairy tales, we can see how, like, people break this archetype by making the woman more powerful and, like, giving her more, like, power in the story and more authority. So it just shows how people have evolved in their thinking and, like, experienced the world differently. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about uh, my very first recording in this class, our first podcast, and, like, what I would have changed about that podcast, like, what I would have done personally differently and, like, as a group and, like, the different connections I would have made. Firstly, I would have liked to change um, how we, like, went about our podcast. I feel like we could have made it a little bit more conversational as a group. Like, we kind of just went based off the script because we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into and we didn't really know what we were doing. So I would have liked to change that and make it a little bit more like a conversation like we did in our second one. I also would have done more, um, talked more in depth and done more research 
on which what each archetype meant and like the history of the Hansel and Gretel story I would have liked to like seen like what was going on in that time and like where it was written and like did a little bit more research on the background of the authors the Grimm brothers because I think that by knowing what they were going through and their experience it tells us a lot about the story itself. A couple of connections I would have liked to make I would have liked to look more into the symbols and the colors because later on in like class I found out that like symbols and colors kind of hold a big um role in each story like the color red and the color purple they're very significant and they each mean very different things so I would have liked to look more into that. Also Hansel and Gretel were um, heavily based off of food obviously so I would have liked to look more into the food that was chosen in this story because like looking back at different stories like apples have a big role in a lot of stories so I would have liked to seen like what each like food like what it meant in the story at that time like the bread that um, Hansel laid out like what that kind of like signified and all that stuff um, as for my argument I would have liked to make my argument a lot more clear I would have liked to make it known that my argument was that the author was showing us through the chosen archetypes what life was like for them and how you kind of need to go like like Gretel had to like you need to go through a hard patch to kind of like find yourself and you need to like it's kind of all about like the journey and like finding yourself and finding out like you're tapping into like your potential like she needed to go through like a hard time and like help her brother survive in order to really find like her power and like um it also made us as readers or at least me uh feel really bad for the main character so I had a lot of empathy for their situation and like what they had to go through they had a lot of hardships and like ended up coming out on top and like staying stuck together through it all so like I think that was very inspiring her like potential um but yeah that's pretty much it that's a couple things I would have changed not much but just like make it a little bit flow a little bit better um thanks for listening I had a lot of fun this year in this class and I'm excited to hopefully continue podcasting later on Hi, this is Nico Shimono from the 8 a.m. English 104 class, group four, doing my wrap-up recording. Going into this class, I wasn't very optimistic. To be honest, I was really just looking for a simple literature credit for my major. The subject matter of folk tales and fairy tales wasn't something that interested me, honestly, at all. And also, the class being at 8 a.m. didn't really sound appealing to me. In completing this class, however, my mind, I feel, has opened up quite extensively to that of folktales and fairy tales and podcasting in general. Beforehand, I would have never been caught doing anything like this, doing any podcasts, speaking into a mic. I'm not very comfortable with my own voice. But with these assignments that we as a class have been doing throughout the term, I've learned to get more comfortable with myself, as well as learn how much more of a job it is to do a talk show or anything of that matter. Um, In terms of the actual course content itself with Folktales and Fairy Tales, I've been blown away with my previous conceptions of the matter. That being me not thinking Folktales and Fairy Tales were important at all, 
beforehand, I saw them as just little kids' stories that you would just tell a child to keep them happy or something. But in reading them more critically in this course, I've seen so much more with that of the importance of fiction and my belief from from taking this course, it being something to make it more susceptible to teach children societal lessons or norms for them to use later in life, which would be actually more difficult for them to learn as a later life lesson. Also, archetypes is something that I found quite interesting in taking this class, where you could kind of find similarities between different stories that you may think have nothing to do with them, but actually they have quite similar characters in their motifs and things. But also, one thing that was quite interesting to me was that the importance in actually breaking these archetypes as time goes on, because in my opinion, if you don't really break the archetype from a traditional story, it's just going to be a simple retelling, the same exact story over and over again for millennia. While the original stories are interesting and they give us a look into our past and where we uh, started it all with storytelling, I feel that with the changing of archetypes, we're able to show how the civilization of of uh, the world has quite adapted with the times and things. Overall, this class has really opened my eyes to critically reading, not just folk tales and fairy tales, but like other things as well, to really understand them. With this class, what I've taken from it is in critically reading simple things like children's stories, we can better understand our past and maybe that could lead us into better understanding our future behavior. Hello, my name is Isabel Hernandez and today I'll be talking about my views on why fiction is important, why archetypes matter, and what breaking them can accomplish. I think that fiction matters for many different reasons. First, they can be used as tools to cure people in times of trouble or sadness or to help people escape into different worlds of fantasy or mystery. They have been used for centuries as tools to put children asleep and children can grow up with the memories of those stories ingrained in their brains and they can feel nostalgia when looking back at them and then pass those same stories and memories down to their children and then their grandchildren. So really fiction stories can be passed down for generations because they relate to all time periods that they're read in. And a lot of the times children will start to develop values through listening to the stories by feeling emotions through the actions of the different characters. And really all ages can develop values when listening to stories um, because when you're reading fiction stories, you are reading them with open minds. Um, 
a lot of the times you're not bringing in your political views into account when you're reading these stories. Um, You're reading about made-up people and made-up events. However, fiction can help us understand different cultural values about the time in which a story was written in. Um, They can show us things we didn't know about ourselves and others. Um, They help us gain new perspectives about our friends, our enemies, and people from across the world. Um, Fiction stories a lot of the times can bring communities together, um, not only for entertainment purposes, but to bond um, to bond people over one shared common ground because everyone from all races, all genders, all social classes, all religions, and of all ages can listen to these stories because they're really unrestrictive. Um, the same applies to archetypes. Archetypes are important because they help us convey the messages within the story. And they essentially drive the entire plot line. However, they are so important because just as fiction brings communities together by sharing one same common ground, each archetype is its own shared common ground within itself. Um, archetypes are almost like a universal language. You don't need it to be a certain race or religion to understand them. For example, everybody understands the concept of an evil villain because they relate to things that people have experienced in their own lives archetypes help us connect to the story and a lot of the times you learn about your own feelings when coming across archetypes and stories you learn about empathy anger sadness or even romance or love Um, archetypes speak to the widest audience because everybody feels emotion and while politics can be related to emotion and will bring out emotion, emotions don't need to be related to politics. They are completely universal and everybody understands them, even young children. When people come across a hero archetype, for example, they tend to aspire to be like them. And people without knowing it are usually liking the protagonist and usually disliking the antagonist. And this enhances the emotion of the reader in many ways and can help people understand ethics and values because a lot of the times in fiction stories, especially fairy tales, they see protagonists um, usually get the happy, the happily ever after or just the happy ending while the antagonists are punished for their behavior in the majority of the time. Um, This brings me to what happens when you break archetypes. When you break archetypes, you're not only learning about the character or the object itself, but you're analyzing human behavior and understanding influences and patterns. You understand what triggers us as humans and about your own personal self. We analyze personality traits and can find meaning a lot of the times in ourselves and in our emotions. Your subconscious brain automatically relates archetypes to yourself and your own experiences. And usually in your daily life, you don't take the time to analyze your emotions and the different things that happen to you. So when you come across archetypes and stories and you analyze them, you're automatically learning about your own personal meaning. Hello, my name is Alex Holm, and this is my wrap-up recording for English 104. In this short podcast, I'm going to talk about my whole experience and what this course has really taught me about why fiction matters, why archetypes matters, and what breaking them can accomplish. 
Before I started this course, I never really listened to a podcast or participated in one before, so I was kind of unsure on what it really was. I just heard about them through social media, and that's about it. So for this wrap-up recording, I'm just going to talk about the, what podcasting is and how beneficial it can be. One reason I found podcasting so interesting is that the content is communicated directly to you. This can come in the form of verbally or through a video. It's a much more intimate way of getting information rather than reading it from an email or document. Another great thing about podcasting is that you can listen to them at your convenience anywhere. This can be on your phone, laptop, iPad, or iPod, and can be played at any time at your convenience. For people creating a podcast, this creates an urgent demand for quality content because people can choose to listen at to any podcast at any time. Another thing this class reintroduced me to was reading fairy tales. The last fairy tale that I had listened to or read was in elementary school. And some of my favorites as a kid were Robin Hood, Cinderella, and Hansel and Gretel. Reading fairy tales gave me a sense of nostalgia, but analyzing them at a college level gave me a whole new view on them. Instead of a happy story, they are extremely morbid with hidden themes and deeper meanings. In all of the fairy tales that we read, an archetype is present with each character. Some examples of the archetypes are the hero, the villain, the sidekick, the damsel in distress, the mentor, the female fatal, the rogue, the crone, and the jester. One of the reasons I think fairy tales are so relevant today is because the archetypes that we see in the stories relate to everyday people that we see. None of us are locked into any of these archetypes. In fact, we can all experience each of them at different points in our lives. The archetype that we may identify with at any particular period depends on what is happening for us and how we internally characterize the role that we are playing while responding to events around us. Even though these archetypes are based on fictional roles, reading fiction is very important. Fiction has a power that no other form of communication does, the power to insert you fully and completely in someone else's mind. It is a bond between the reader and the writer and the minds of the reader and character. When you read fiction, you can be someone you'd never otherwise had the chance to become, another gender, another age, someone of another nationality, or another circumstance. You can be an explorer, a scientist, an artist, a young and single mother, or an orphan cabin boy, or a soldier. Another reason fiction is important to read is because our creative processes are fed by new ideas, narratives, and perspectives. Works of fiction expose everything in a new light through a different lens. Our minds open up to think how the main characters of a narrative thinks, or how events could unf unfold under circumstances exempt from our real-world rules, laws, and timeline. Fiction expands our creative process to influence how we think so that we may discover new ideas. Physically reading a fairy tale is much different than seeing a movie, because when you see a movie, everyone sees the same thing that the director puts on the screen in front of you. However, with a book, our minds create our own visual interpretations that are never the same as someone else who reads the exact same book. Reading the fairy tales throughout the term has given me a new perspective when watching TV shows or movies in theaters. Thank you for listening. My name's Alex Holm. Archetypes and Anarchy is produced by me, Courtney Floyd, and researched and written by my spring 2018 Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon. Our theme music is Music Box by The Underscore Orchestra, and our closing music is Wolf 
It's Really Rather Red by High Arches, both of which are available under a Creative Commons license at the Free Music Archive. The sound of the wolf that lives in the woods That comes to my back door from time to time Shake the hand of the sun that burns above Reaches down over everyone Got your jackal and heart, your monster inside Pouring water over your fire I incurl us a soul that I need to go Back into the woods, I'm told Not a single living thing needs to be left out You can find in the garden what's missing in yourself There's a spider web that connects heads Connected by the number nine can you think in visions and breathe in rhythms? Dream an ocean over your lips. It brings a deeper meaning, a powerful feeling. Brings us the myths we're told. And it's only clean water that supports the things that we're trying to grow. Not a single living cell needs to be left out. Finding the garden what's missing in yourself Have you seen the way the speaker makes a pattern in the sand When the frequency is just right, oh man It's really rather red 